I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. Welcome back, guys. Welcome to the second-ever edition of Secret Defenders, where I invite guests in to defend some of their favourite films that people either don't like so much, or kind of have a cult fan base, or generally people have never heard of. So in this episode, we are going to ask the question: What lurks in the what? 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 What is it? What is it? How do we? How's this? How's the line go? I forget. What, uh, what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Say that again, sir. Say that again. It's what evil lurks in the hearts of men. And Dan Ketis knows. Welcome, Dan. The shadow knows. The too. shadow knows. So we're going to look at the shadow. So. How are you doing, Dan? I'm good, I'm good. How have you been feeding your fan of the... Oh, shit, no, wrong podcast. <laughs> force of habit, force of habit. Well, no, I'm, I'm delighted to be here with you on Prattle World. It's uh, it's good. I don't understand why you're making me wear this thong and smearing me with Marmite, but uh, I'm assuming it's all part of some ancient ritual that, uh, yeah. Yes. No, it's good, it's good to be part of the... It's an Pratalian... ancient, ancient, you know, Chinese, Mongolian ritual. Oh, okay. Um, so I can absorb the power of Genghis Khan for my further... my. <laughs> world domination <laughs> that's that's absolutely fine that's absolutely fine <laughs> so um so uh some people might recognize your voice from yes uh, we we were we were the on the notified podcast together with our friend josh Vison and uh, occasionally violet and uh yeah we uh, we had a good we had a good run we did and we did. uh it just became a combination of sort of not having enough time to give it the time, care and attention yeah. that it needed and also just sort of like the expense was getting on top of me a bit and yeah. uh, and we sort of, we, uh, we this is all going to come full circle because I'm going to mention it later but uh, we got to a point where Justice League had just come out mm. and it was a very kind of divisive, very sort of toxic time in, yeah. in fandom. And even even Last Jedi to an extent. And, and Last well, Jedi, yeah. yeah, it was a bit of a double whammy of, uh, of, of divisiveness and it sort of wasn't doing my sort of well-being any any favors so uh yeah we, we kind of uh sort of called it a day for a yeah. variety of reasons but um it's it's really nice actually to be casting pods again i'm delighted yeah. to be here oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad that you could come like I, I did want you i wanted you on earlier but obviously you're ill and stuff so we couldn't do that yeah yeah no i, I apologize for that but no, it, it's, right. it's great to hear other people doing the uh the secret defending so oh yeah, yeah definitely definitely and i've got um i think i'm doing another one with another guest a little later this weekend i think so that'd be great but well, let's fun. let's crack on shall we yes um, so that's basically we we met uh, basically we know each other because we met on an acting job we yes. did some of the best and worst acting we probably have <laughs> yes. ever done in our life on that particular with that particular company yeah no uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly yeah um, there's a few kind of dark well there's a few large shadows cast from <laughs> from that company and from that work uh, that's how we met jo- we all met Josh as well so we we know each other for a quite a long but time but it's Good it's forged lifelong friendships in the same way that a war or a sexual oh my assault God, yes <laughs> Post-traumatic stress. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of there was a lot of that afterwards. I still talk about it now. All the hor- acting horror stories mostly come from that tour. Yeah. But the thing that made me keep doing it, the thing that you know, 
strengthened my resolve to keep going was was you guys being there and, and enduring it with me. Yeah, so, yeah, the amount of actors I talked to after that those tours who were like, "Get the fuck out! You make it. You making this up?" But yeah, yeah no, it really, no, it really happened. We won't go to <laughs> again. This is not a podcast for that. So let's get started on the film. So the shadow yes. was. Uh, Thank you for reining me in. Yeah. Yes, don't worry, don't worry. So the shadow was uh, was released. Was it ninety four? Ninety four. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So mm. it's between the Tim Burton Batman films and the Joel Schumacher Batman films. Ah. <laughs> uh, so uh, and it's kind of in a lot of ways embodies the sort of the midway point in that tonal shift mm. because there is a lot of the sort of um, the dark and broody stuff. Oh, definitely. But there's also a healthy dose of camp, which I think came was an homage to sort of like the inherent campiness of a radio series, you know, where everyone's course, describing yeah. what they're doing and what they're thinking because you don't have any room for subtext on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> there is no subtext. Uh, no subtext here either. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, so it, the the shadow was kind of a, historically was a, was a pulp figure, wasn't it? It was, it a, was yeah, yeah. One of the first kind of, um, I'm, I'm thinking there's Sherlock Holmes and Dracula, but yeah. it was an early sort of multimedia phenomenon. Hmm. He, he, he started out in the pulps and then very quickly sort of went to the radio. And um, in the same way that a lot of Superman's mythology was defined by the radio show and later the Fleischer cartoons, mm. a lot of the Shadows mythology, as we were discussing before we started rolling, mm. um, was determined by his uh, the, the canon of the radio serials. But He's, he's, he's a hard character to lock down in terms of... So he doesn't have one discrete mythology. No. He has lots of different... It's very, very different. Obviously, it, it, these polls were printed at a time when they were just sort of disposable. Yeah. Comic and books as well, very disposable. Exactly, there was, there yeah, was no yeah. like real continuity back then. Exactly, yeah. No one was thinking, well, what's the plan here? Which is why, obviously, Stanley, God bless him, was mm. such a, an amazing... So, so ahead of his time because he, he had a plan for it all and how it was all interconnected. And yeah, and, and the world is better for it, especially in the world of comics but sorry I digress but yeah that's no. that's where his roots are yeah I, I think that's re it's really important because I, I feel that the pulp characters were definitely a precursor to to these comic book characters oh, that, big we, time. Yeah, that yeah. we are enjoying today on the big screen um, in such kind of grand ways and huge and very continuity heavy as well yes um but yeah, uh, like there's a lot of characters back then. There was uh, things like Doc Savage, yes, um, and all those. And it kind of uh, the film before we get into the film, but it does it does have a very pulpy vibe. It does feel like a, an Indiana Jones type thing. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I've had a very sort of heavy Indiana Jones um, feel, and uh, and that's sort of something that, especially when I I think I was twelve, thirteen. No, I was twelve when I first yeah. saw it. Um, and yeah, that's something that I really sort of gravitated towards because. It, it looked and felt like an equal sort of fifty percent Batman, Tim Burton yeah. Batman, and fifty percent Indiana Jones, and I was here for that. Yeah, um, I love both of those. <laughs> but it seems like a lot of my contemporaries weren't, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I mean, like for me, like at the time, I was heavy into I, all the superhero cartoons at the mm -hmm. time that were coming out in the early nineties: X Men, Spider Man, Batman, especially. And Batman had this very neo you know 1930s style to it it wasn't yes. explicitly set in the 30s mm -hmm. but the architecture and the styles of all the vehicles and you know even the batmobile had a, a very kind of had a huge grill on it and things like that yeah very um uh, art deco yeah art deco very, yeah. And, yeah and uh, and i so i again like like you said I, you know i was there for that because i was like this is what i want it's it's a batman similar batman character but maybe that was the problem with the film maybe that's why it didn't catch on because it was too similar to... Yeah, to, to I think... Uh, we, I mean, we talked about, like, how it would have been received today. And I think in the in the sort of... 
the po- in the in the post Marvel world, I think mm. people are a lot more receptive to um, new characters, yeah. new larger than life sort of yeah. characters of this nature. Whereas I think people have much less of a vocabulary for that in nineteen ninety four. I mean, there was there was Batman and there was Superman and there was the Crow, which I think came out about the same time. Yeah, actually, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that was pretty much it. And I think mm. in terms, I think as a as a popular consciousness, we are much more. Um, we've got much more of a vocabulary, a, yeah. a much broader palette for yeah. that sort of thing. So I think, I think the 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 time is, you know, I think if someone were to have the guts to make a shadow film now, I think I think it would have every chance of doing really well. Mm. Um, but then I would have said the same thing about the spirits, and we all know how that went. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, wow, that was one of my least favorite films of all time. Uh, I've never come out of a film like that. Uh, like I've sim- start, just started deriding the film and it, like making fun of it. Second I walked out of the thing. Yeah, and it was such a shame because the trailers made it look so promising as yeah. well, didn't they? It looked like Sin City one point five. Very right? much a style over substance film. Yeah, uh, for me. Um, I I know that Sam Raimi is a big fan of The Shadow and tried to make it uh, a a live action of trying to get the rights for years and years and years and eventually gave up and decided to make... Dark Man yeah. with Liam Neeson, which is quite a good film in itself. Very good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Film as well. It was only in the first one, wasn't it? It wasn't in the other two. No, no, that was think... um, Arnold Vuzlo, the, yeah. the guy who plays the mummy. Yes, yeah. um, because I think that that's one of the, the virtues you can have where the character's always wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, So he, could, he can yes. be anyone. Exactly, you know? yeah. So I quite sense. like that. But yeah. Um, so let's get back. Let's get back to the shadow. We're going on all these crazy tangents. Yeah, no. This is, sorry, just, the, this is my infectious like the, the tangent tangents energy. Are part of the fun, really. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so when so you were saying that you saw this when you were twelve. Is that so? Did you go to the cinema? Yeah. How did you discover it? Do you know what? I I I don't think I saw it at the cinema, but I do remember quite vividly seeing the TV spots for it mm. and thinking. Wow, this looks amazing. Mm. Uh, but growing up in in a, I mean, I'm very lucky now because I live in a city centre. So if I want to go to the cinema, uh, I can just go and be yeah. there in like ten minutes. Freedom. Yeah, exactly. But um, but when when I was a kid, growing up in a small town, you know, you had to like get on a bus. Yeah. And have money to go on a bus, and when you don't have that autonomy to do that, like no. you have to plan going to the cinema quite a lot in advance, and you have to have a, a parent who's willing to take you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think I saw it at the cinema, but I remember thinking that it looked really badass and we didn't even have like blockbuster or anything like that where I lived, but we did have a library and I think the first time I saw it was, uh, renting it on video from the library. But when I, when I saw it, I was absolutely captivated and when you're that age and sort of as well, it it was the early nineties, so there wasn't internet fandom as we know it today. Um, so I just assumed, oh, well, I'm looking forward to The Shadow 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because you just, you just kind of assume, well, that's what happens. Yeah, Superman there's... 1, 2, 3, 4, Batman, they've Batman set up, They've set up the sequel. Yeah, another one on the way. So, you know, uh, yeah. He and... walks into an alleyway, you know, <laughs> he's going to do his thing. So. Yeah, and um, and I, I, I remember just being really disappointed when it just kind of, like, it, it landed with a bit of a whimper, really. Yeah, I mean, there's there's other films kind of a similar nature. I know The Phantom came out with Billy Zane and uh, Treat Williams yeah, and Catherine Zeta. Yeah, that was Zeta. about the same, I think maybe Ninety seven, that yeah. was ninety six, ninety seven. I could be wrong. And again, like the 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 Phantoms, a very similar type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, but for for me, I think the the parallels with Batman again is its strength. Yes. And then probably its its weakness as well. Yeah, you you do run that risk. I mean, I, I think one thing I do want to say, um, and I hope I'm not messing with the order too much, is. The production design mm. and, and the cinematography, they're absolutely gorgeous. And for my money, it looks at least as good, well, n- 
close to as good as Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, um, it, I, I will. I will heartily agree. It has the same problem as Batman Returns in that it really, really looks like it's shot on a soundstage. But yeah. I, I kind of like that. I, I and like as much as I love the Dark Knight trilogy, mm. which is a lot. It always kind of irked me that Gotham City really, really looked like Chicago or yeah. Pittsburgh. You yeah. know, it didn't look like the Gotham City I grew up reading in the comics. Mm. It wasn't that sort of like uh, caricature of an American city with the gargoyles and yeah. the mismatched architecture and stuff. And so I, I really missed that about uh, the Tim Burton version, and even to a lesser extent the Joel Schumacher version. It kind of it, it, the 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 imagery and the cinematography for me like conjures up those kind of hey, the heyday of Hollywood. You know, those nineteen thirties yes. films. And and it, and the glamour and the glitz and the you know when they're going to I think it's the Cobalt Club they yes. they go into, um and you know you get that sense of I mean I'll tell you another film it reminds me of which another film which I love and it's very underrated is the Rocketeer yes which absolutely is, which is absolutely fantastic set in the same sort of era similar era um and yeah it's just it's a great kind of pulp because that was inspired by pulp comics yes yeah, pulp, pulp magazines and pulp stories. Uh, and yeah, so I I highly recommend that if you if you like the shadow if you've seen the shadow, watch it anyway because it, it's great and and the Rocketeer as well. But yeah, they're very very in a similar vein. Oh man, you've made me just really really want to watch the Rocketeer again. <laughs> Fuck, Timothy Dalton was the bad guy in that. Yeah, and Jennifer Connelly was in it as well. Lovely, lovely Jennifer Connelly. Oh, ho- piss on my Alan, tits and Alan, call me Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, who's the guy? Who's the guy in uh, Lost Lock? The guy who plays Locke? He's a, he's a, he plays Howard Hughes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, yeah. So they're they're, they're both they're, they're both, both in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Two sort of, for, very, both very entertaining, very stylized. And and I think both kind of died in the same way. And yeah. I think, but I think it's interesting when you look at the sort of cultural zeitgeist. Mm. I think we've got conditioned, especially in a post sort of Captain America, the first Avenger post Wonder Woman world. We've got quite used to this idea of, and certainly in a post stranger things world, mm. we've got very used to sort of um, going back to more com- it, as we go into a very sort of scary present politically, yeah. economically, yeah. We, we, we become very sort of entranced by this idea of going back in time. Mm. Whereas I think in the go, go nineties, everyone yeah. was looking forward. forward. So to the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. So everything with a, like the matrix yeah. look, no, further you yeah, know exactly. than people wanted to look forward people wanted futurism and uh, and anything that gave them that not everything obviously because you had things like the lawnmower man and, uh, and oh i and love lawnmower man hackers and but yeah not great. Hack, hackers not so much well no uh, <laughs> but like things like that yeah, yeah. which very which virtual died, reality we were very into virtual reality i think yeah yeah 90s just the 90s yeah, world lawnmower man that was another good one yeah, the 90s love... were good to us I, I like the 90s um you know I, I like the 80s movies as well like every era but yeah that's definitely that the the way it's filmed and, the, and like you say it's on the studio and you can tell it's on the studio but the glitz and the glamour is there, and it, and I like that feel. That yeah. there is a little bit. There's a little bit fake, but there's you know there's there's the realness is underneath. I, I heightened. Yes. Heightened is the word I yes. use because yes. when you look at, I mean, even in the acting style, it has mm. that very golden age sort of sensibility, and the shot vocabulary has got a very sort of golden age sensibility, and mm. which I think all the cast are kind of leaning into, and I I really appreciate that. I mean, if you if you like put that turn the color off on your TV, then oh, that yeah. could quite possibly be. A, a film from 1938. Yeah. It could be something like uh, It Happened One Night or yeah. something like, you know, the, you know, all those kind of films, the, the kind of glitzy glamour. All, all the films. All the films, <laughs> you know, all them. All them films, them films. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Should we talk a little bit about, about the story and the plot and... 
Um, Roughly, if you don't, I'll do my best. It's yeah. quite, a, it's quite a difficult one to nail down plot wise. Yeah. So um, you bit got... like the shadow. It's yeah, hard, hard <laughs> exactly. to grasp. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you start off in um, in the opium fields of Tibet in the nineteen thirties with a. Um, a, 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 a gang lord uh, by the name of Yinko, who is a, a white American who has sort of made his fortune in the um, the Oriental sort of crime business. And he's very, very feared and uh, very, very ruthless and savage. Um, and he's visited by a vision of a, a holy monk. And he is um, then sort of knocked out, kidnapped and dragged to the temple of a holy monk called the Tulku, who uh, who basically tells him, um, forces him basically to pursue the path of redemption. And he gives him the ability to sort of psychic abilities, to, the ability to sort of cloud men's minds. Mm. Uh, and this makes him invisible everything except the one thing he cannot hide which is his shadow hence the name the shadow and we then return to uh, he's gone back to new york and he's uh, he's set up this sort of like quasi batman sort of operation he's got an underground layer he's got gadgets and he's also got a network like sherlock holmes mm. he's got a network of sort of informants and allies every time he saves somebody's life uh, they become an ally and they have to wear this little ring which has got a little signal in it with a little Nice, nice little kind LED. A, yeah, kind of like a, a Chewbacca thing, isn't it? Yeah, With yeah. Han Solo, he, he goes, you know, you've saved my life. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I now, I now own you. Yeah, they now owe him a life debt like Jar Jar Binks. And uh, it's it's quite, I mean, I, I do sit, like, again, the Batman parallels are there, but the thing is, like, Bob Kane was inspired by the Shadow mm-hmm. to create Batman. So without the Shadow, we don't get Batman. Well, especially if you look at those early um, comics from 1939, you know, and where he has an almost sort of vampiric appearance, mm. and uh, and and he carries a gun for quite yeah. a lot of it as well. And I remember S- similar guns. Very yeah, similar I remember guns. reading in um, in Bob Kane's autobiography. Actually, he says that he met with a lot of controversy. Um, for Batman having a gun, and in, I think 1940, mm. they sort of like softened his appearance a little bit and yeah. made him a bit more wholesome. Uh, but he remembers being quite sort of like, well, I don't get it because the Shadow has yeah. a gun. Why can't my guy have a gun? But like, it was the post sort of Superman yeah. world, and yeah. the the idea of the notion of what a superhero is was sort of being solidified. Mm. So, uh, well, it's still it was still very much in a state of flux. Yeah, yeah. The, the I don't even think the term was coined at that point anyway. Was I it? don't think it was. No, I, I, it was I, just I, a, it was just a comic book character. You yeah, know? I think that came later, maybe in the forties or fifties. Yeah, that's because that, be that beca- it became like a it became like a genre, didn't it? Mm-hmm, it became a mm-hmm. thing. Um, but yeah, so I think again, like that's that's the weakness and the strength of the shadow is that we know Batman to be is his a more popular character, his more identifiable character. The the shadow is a mystery. He's yes. a, an enigma, and he's supposed to be. I think in those early stories, those early pulp stories, he didn't have like an origin. He did. He just he was a mysterious figure who had a hard stance on crime, would kill criminals. Yeah. You know? Um. And you know he was just a vengeful, evil presence and well, very not, very e- not evil not technically evil but evil t- in regards to what what the criminals would ruthless say. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly um so yeah so it's yeah it's it's that's the again it's the troubling thing but there are similar characters to batman there always have been always mm. will be there's copycats of batman so there's i mean cop, there's a lot of good copycat heroes out there yeah you know you can look at aquaman or to the submariner and you know yeah yeah all those sort of things. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily ripping off because they do become their own thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think this. It's kind of, I like the. I like that he is this 
he's an evil person. Like yeah. so he's not like Batman. He's like I'm okay. You know, I've I've got some demons, but he's you know he's an opium dealer. He's got these women. You know, yeah, this yeah. kind of harem of women. Um, you know, and he's he's actively. You see in the first scene, he basically actively kills an innocent man or yeah. his friend. And and as we as we go on, we see him sort of tortured by his memories of who he was, and he's he's. He's afraid of himself, and he is very much sort of like struggling through this sort of difficult road to redemption, and mm-hmm. uh, and I really like that, and I think I think if you're making a, a film of that now, you'd sort of lean into it a bit more. Yeah, but oh, what yeah. what I um going back to like the origin, like what struck me rewatching it because I haven't seen it for must be about twenty years, mm. but I remember it vividly in the same way that you do when it's a film that you watched a lot as a kid and then just never watch as an yeah. adult, uh, but. I I think that what the film does really well is it tells an origin story with brevity. <laughs> and it does one thing that you'd never do now, which is you have an opening scene and then it cuts to text. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> so, we were st- I was like, just just show me. Just yeah. give me a montage or something. He abandoned his ways and went back to New York and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That, that's they say it's like the the, in, um, the den of the den of evil or the, the some they say some sort of in, in some form that the most evil place in the world is New York City. Yes. And I was like I was like, I don't know how New Yorkers would feel about that. <laughs> You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and murder. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd like to talk about the 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 ways that the the powers of the shadow are presented in the film because I think they're done really interestingly and really well yeah, considering the technology at the time. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it was optical effects, but there was um, some CGI in there as well. Uh, the the I mean the when the, the shadow itself is a sequence where the camera sort of tracks up a flight of stairs and it's the shadow he's invisible, but you see this animated shadow sort of dancing across the walls and it's very sort of it's beautifully animated mm. and very very fluid in a way that you wouldn't be able to do with a live action oh, yeah. actor but no then way. it's sort of like lightning flash and then it cuts to this beautiful shot of the shadow standing at the top of this very grand staircase with his cape billowing in the wind and this is before like batman v superman you've got like it's pretty much always a cgi CG cape, cape yeah. you know but they, they didn't do they actually got even wires spawn and, even yeah. spawn had a cgi cape spawn did have a cgi yeah. cape yeah it wasn't very good no, it <laughs> like quite a lot of the time a, there was a lot of things wrong with that film but and it didn't it does i mean I, I could have very just as easily done that you know yeah true um, i mean this, it does I have mean, a certain charm i i would need to see spawn again i remember liking the violator scenes because yes. i thought i thought it looked amazing and john leguizamo was uh, fun <laughs> yeah yeah um, you know but apart from that I can't remember much I remember the, the makeup bit and the suit I really love the, the costume oh speaking of costumes it's worth mentioning uh, Bob Ringwood was the costume designer of really? The Shadow and he was also the costume designer of the first Batman and you you really get a, I mean when you look at um, the we tuxedos can't, we can't, and stuff we can't that he's stop wearing, linking it to Batman can well we? it's, it's it, it it shares a lot of connective tissue mm. um, stylistically and thematically and 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 just in terms of being sort of part of the zeitgeist you yeah. know it's um, yeah there is a lot of connective tissue there but mm. the costumes are beautiful the production Gorgeous. design is beautiful it's a really I, I, like looking back at it I'm kind of. I think it just has to be one of those films that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's the yeah. only reason I can think why people didn't like it. Because I mean, I mean, I think the performances are good. It's a, Alec Baldwin. Whether you like him or love him as a person, I think he's a, a credible talent. And I think, like, this is sexy, sexy Alan Baldwin as well. <laughs> he is, um, is like he's got more chest like chest hair than I've ever seen on a man he's got it... more hair on his chest than I have on my head it's beautiful <laughs> thick glossy black jet black chest hair oh, God. And it, the, it's kind of the, just the way it kind of curls around his uh, pecs this is becoming I a wanna, very different podcast. I want to go to sleep nestled in that chest hair 
<laughs> but yeah, and he has the. I think you said it. Like nobody has eyes that blue. Nobody. No, they're they're astonishing as well. And and one thing that I really love about the film is. Um, obviously the shadows like he, he has that really classic profile with the big Roman nose that's oh, sort yeah. of like drooping over the, the scarf that's like, like a vulture or something yeah, yeah yeah exactly and nobody has that in real life so what they did was um, they used prosthetics but they did it in a very clever way so he he disguises his face with his sort of like psychic trickery and I really and there's, a, there's actually a line um, in the opening scene where he says um, the talk who says to him you watched your you watch your your soul and your face change. Mm. And I thought it would have been really good if like his face looked different in those early scenes where he's the bad guy. I mean he's got a little bit of stubble yeah. and he's got long hair and he's got ratty nails. So if he stuff. if he had the no he had the pronounced nose. Yeah, maybe. I would have liked that. Like obviously it's it's stupid because it's not physically possible, but no. I would have liked if like just to symbolise the fact that when he is the shadow he dips into that yeah. sort of dark persona. Yeah. Because there, there's even a line about it in the in the script. Yeah. And I've got to say, speaking of the script it's a really, really good, yeah. like really tight, snappy dialogue. Really yeah. witty. It is that kind of fast because in the thirties, all that Humphrey Bogart style dialogue. Da, 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 it was like machine gun fire, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, and you do get so. a little bit, like not so much, but there are there are moments and and kind of you know the odd the odd kind of duologue yeah. where that happens. There's a lot of trading blows in the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And there's um, uh, Pe- Penelope Ann Miller, I think. It yes. Was? Yeah. yeah. She's uh, she does remind me a little bit of those kind of. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, kind of. Um, who's the other lady? Who's the other lady? Fast talker, thirties. Uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn? No, no. I mean, Catherine Hepburn was no. a little, little bit later. Yeah, um, maybe. no, I'm thinking of somebody else, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, hard to take my tongue. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you mean now. Yeah. Um, please, please message in if you can remember <laughs> fast talking women of the thirties. Not Marilyn Monroe, the other the one. other, the <laughs> other famous one. Um, but yeah, so like the, she has that quality about her and this kind of glitzy. But there's a lot of humor to it. Well, like you were saying, there's a lot of humor. Yet the, there's quite you know the dark subject matter we're seeing like him you know flashbacks of him slaughtering people in China yeah yeah um, but then you know these these Tibet, yeah, Tibet. Oh, sorry that, sorry that's Tibet. quite an important oh, god. <laughs> especially in the current oh climate. god oh god <laughs> that's quite an important no, distinction no offence no offence meant just a simple sip of the tongue um, so yeah um, so um, yeah so he's so the, the the dichotomy is there and I think that's important because it is quite dark subject now subject matter yeah yeah uh, and him dipping into this darkness using this dark power for good mm-hmm. um, I think it's and that's again it's it's I see a lot of similarities to Batman Begins there is a lot to kind of oh yeah yeah they're very they're very similar films I think if you if you made the shadow now like the first 20 minutes of the the film that we get yeah. in 1994 that would have been like an hour and a half and you oh, wouldn't easy. have seen the shadow till like no, and then he would do, make a yeah, grand, yeah, that grand sweeping in. entrance yeah. I would I, I like the um, you know when he uses his kind of power to cloud men's minds and women's minds yeah um, he, he kind of they have these um, contact lenses in kind of black contact yes. lenses yeah in. yeah and, and the then, way they light the eyes Ooh. is astonishing it's yeah, almost yeah. like it's almost like a cat's eye isn't it the way yes. it's, it's like a like a silver point to it almost yeah. like a silver pupil in it um, and and the, the the lighting kind of just focuses entirely on his eyes it's yeah. like a, a yeah. slit across the eyes and everything else is dark and obviously there's the shadow voice yeah, yeah. he puts all this kind of and it's great what, it, I like Alec Baldwin's performance because he kind of dances between this maniacal you know madness that he has yeah. and this evil and this darkness yet there's kind of a humorous light kind of 
I don't know. I don't want to say ticklish, but I don't know what that's the no, right there's word. A, there's a, there's a, there's, a playful charm. Yeah, there's a playful charm, and yeah. I and I think it's. I think honestly, it's one of Alec Baldwin's best performances. It for is me. a good. It's it's a genuinely good performance, and it, it it's a performance that works on a lot of, of levels. And I think Alec Baldwin does have that sort of, and George Clooney has it as well. Mm. That kind of golden age movie star kind of charm mm. where um, I mean he's, he's he's one of those few people who is he's both an actor and a movie star definitely and uh, and, and you know even though he's he you, you don't see so much of him now and he chooses his roles quite quite carefully and he does a lot of comedy as well mm. nowadays but um, I, yeah. I saw I saw a bit of his 30 Rock kind of performance in this I, yeah. I, I, when I some of the some of the kind of more witty because it's a bit where uh it's a bit where Margot Lane is describing a dream she just had. She's like, I was naked on the beach. She's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it's very sexually, kind of in this little nightgown, like describing I was naked on a beach and the uh, water was tickling my toes. I was in, you know, and, and then uh, she was like, what did you dream about? And he's like, uh, I dreamt that I ripped my face off and there was a, an evil man underneath. <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, okay. And that, that seems great as well. And, and, and just to, that, that seems sort of like fantastic practical effects, a bit of a... Uh, an homage as well to Toby Hooper's Poltergeist with the ripping oh yeah the oh I love that yeah. scene I love Poltergeist uh, and that scene is, is just grotesque and yeah but it, the the practical effects there are amazing and so um, one, one, I mean we've not even got into sort of the villain yet no but, uh, I mean that's all kind of the 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 plot with the villain is very sort of nuts and bolts but. Yeah. It's exactly what the film needs, you yeah. know. It's uh, it's Shiwan Khan who is the last descendant of Genghis Khan, and he has come to America to um, control a scientist played by Sirian McKellen, yeah. uh, a pre Magneto, pre Gandalf Sirian McKellen, and uh, could get him to make the first ever atomic bomb, basically. Mm. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I guess that's the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much. To, like we we have the shadow. We introduce the shadow. He's introduced, and then the main plot is. And Margot Lane is the the, the daughter, daughter yeah, sorry, of Ian yeah. McKellen, and she has some psychic kind of potential, similar powers to yes. to because Khan has um, you know psychic powers has yeah. yeah has similar powers. So we're all the shadow, Margot Lane, and Khan are linked by this kind of ability to you know cloud people's minds and you know can communicate with each other to a point and yeah. other people and hypnotize people um they kind of use the the description of the powers quite loosely they don't yeah. really go into it they kind of um but there's yeah there's mass hypno- hypnotism i think um, this was i think this was in a time before we were so obsessed with well how does that work yeah, yeah, what the, are the, the science and, of what it, are the yeah. nuts and bolts of that you know <laughs> I, I, and i quite like that and there's no. a there's a, there's an on what i can only describe is an honesty to the film yeah you know it's uh, it's not trying to be all things to all people it's it's just it's a fun romp and i don't definitely i don't think you you're allowed to make a fun romp in the same way i mean you can no. look at any mcu film and say it's a fun romp but at the same time, there are certain boxes that it has to tick. Mm. And there's something quite refreshing about a film uh, of this nature that doesn't have to do any world building, that doesn't have to no. set up a franchise. That... I, I'm, think, I'm just thinking now that uh, we were talking about that the, the origin of the shadow is more mysterious and, yes. and left in the kind of the dark, in the kind of pulp uh, era in those magazines. But actually, in this film, it's the powers that are kind of left. Like we find out where they're from or where they're learnt yeah. and where they're studied. 
but we don't have a, a specific you know science to it as well. No, so, I mean, it's so that's inferred, where the mystery. It's inferred that it's something that anyone can do, but you've got to be taught. And yeah. but there are some people for whom it is innate. Yeah, they have yeah. a potential, more of a stronger potential, or it's easier for them to do. Um, so yeah, I th- I think that's probably the more mysterious element of the shadow, the more the aura that aura of mystery. Yeah. Um, so it's good that they kept that in. I think. Think about it now. I'm like, I don't need the nuts and bolts of it. I don't need the science of it. No. It is what it is. Do you think that? Saying that it was a, a heightened a film of heightened reality. Yes. Do you think that a lot of audience might have deemed this as cheesy? Um, I think yes. I, I think that's probably. I think a lot of people sort of maybe didn't get it. I think it was. I mean, people look at the Tim Burton Batman films now and think they're campy in mm. because it's a post sort of Nolan vocabulary that we have. Mm. But I think. I think. A lot of the the films of that nature took themselves quite seriously, um, mm. and they were quite sort of dark. And the nineties were kind of a dark time in pop culture in a lot of ways. Mm. And I think that maybe it had a self conscious nature, which wasn't quite what people were looking for then. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of old school filmmaking. Yes, um, in the most classic sense of the word. But again, in the nineties, maybe like you said, we, we weren't. We weren't wasn't you know, quite what we were looking. We weren't for. keyed into yeah. that anymore. We yeah. were kind of we moved on in in terms of acting and films and what we wanted from them. Yeah. Um. You know, a few years later, The Matrix was released, and that's a very tonally very different film, very much so from what The Shadow is. But again, that I I really enjoy superhero period pieces. Yes. Like I always, I mean, I think if you're gonna do like nowadays, a lot of people are like, how do we do James Bond? How do we do James Bond? I think you should do, take Bond back to the 60s. Yeah. I think that that I would enjoy. Um, but... I think I think it works. I mean, I remember I was watching, to go on a bit of a tangent, I remember mm. watching Spectre, mm. and I, I've not I've not seen a lot of the Bonds. I saw some of the Roger Moore ones yeah. when I was a kid, but um, I remember just watching it and thinking, this guy's a real pig. <laughs> a oh, yeah, real awful. misogynist, horrible pig. Yeah. And I think that plays a lot better in the in the sort of early sixties than yeah. it does today. The kind um, of the toxic masculinity, the yeah, all because that sort of I stuff. don't I don't buy that no one calls him, um, calls him on yeah. it. Yeah, or they they certainly, I mean maybe they have elsewhere. I'm not a big Bond scholar. But, my um, my friend my friend who's read most of the novels, he's uh, like you know he's he I I've always found Bond very kind of sexually aggressive. Yes, like very kind of almost to to the point of violence. Yeah, you know he he does slap women around. Bit so did Shaft, you know. There's a lot of lot of that going on, unfortunately. Um, but he said that in one of the novels, apparently he says, um, I'm, I think I might be killing a lot of Bond fans here, but apparently he says um, this girl needs a good raping or something along those lines, which is yeah, yeah it's not great. So I think if you were to to make comment on those times. If he was acting like that at those times, you mm. could make comment on them and and you could examine that if it was set in, back in the sixties. I think that yeah. you can kind of make not make excuses for it, but understand why he would act like that, or because of the kind of cultural mm-hmm. um, the, the cultural times. You you know, I think that would make more sense. But him acting like you said, him acting this way in modern times is like you can't fucking do that. You shouldn't no. be. You shouldn't be doing that. That is totally inappropriate. The way you're behaving, the way you're acting. Um, you, you need to get some serious mental help. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. To, to, to sort of fleetingly return to we're, the shadow... We're going back, we're going back. Um, <laughs> one thing that I did notice, actually, in terms of the relationship with the 
uh, well, I'd say love interest, but she's mm. not really at all. No. I mean, there is there's a spark of romance between them, but it's not until literally sort of the very last scene yeah. that anything actually happens between them, and it's mm. quite it's quite refreshing that they they have a sort of a, they've got a bit they have a bit of sparring in their dialogue, yeah. mm. and um, I really like that he tries to sort of uses hypnotic powers on her, but she's immune to it, mm. uh, and he doesn't know how to deal with that. And I love the fact that he you you identified he yeah. he starts off like with his sort of like I'm charming millionaire mm. sort of spiel. But then when he gets to know her and realizes what she's capable of, he's like, I've got to keep my distance from yeah. this. Like something it's far too dangerous. Yeah. And uh, and then we realise that that sort of like um goes into his insecurities about himself and who he is and who he was and the fact that she can see right through him. And I really, really appreciate that. And it's it's subtle. It's not mm. that, that, like there isn't loads and loads of dialogue that no. goes into explaining it it's just there in the subtext but it, I, I appreciated the fact that it was there I, I, she doesn't, I'll be honest she doesn't have that many scenes she's, she's not in it a lot but no. her, her presence is significant mm-hmm. um, but I like that she, she has a lot of agency as well she's mm. like she's a strong woman she you know she, she's, she's nice she's flirty you know but she, you know, she, she says, you know, uh, he's like, do this, don't do this. I'm evil. Don't come near me. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Right. I need to find my dad. You're gonna help me find my dad. Let's go. I'll help. You know. She, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll have to help. And you know, and their banter is quite fun. Yeah. Um. What I'd like to talk about. Uh, speaking of banter. Yes. I would like to talk about um when Khan meets. Uh, Lamont Cranston or The Shadow yes I think that was a really really cool scene yeah I, I was saying before I'm a huge fan of whenever there is civil dialogue between a, a, a protagonist and an antagonist mm. I think one of the best examples I've seen done is Sherlock you know that scene where um, he hears Moriarty coming up the stairs so he puts tea on which I think is the most quintessentially <laughs> British thing you can do for your nemesis. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just love any, anything where you have mortal enemies exchanging sort of rapier, witty dialogue. Mm. Um, that that's just that's my wheelhouse right there. And there's there's a couple of examples of that. Oh yeah, I, th- where... I think I think uh, one of my favourites is the Green Goblin Spider Man in yes. the Spider Man movie, where he's like. Uh, you know, listen here. And he's yeah, kind of like yeah. slapping his head and stuff, and he's all drugged up. But it, it's always it usually comes with the kind of it's the classic kind of like the devil tempting Jesus kind yes. of thing, isn't there? It's always like, come, you know, we can be powerful, we can do things, we can rule this city, we can rule mm-hmm. this world, you know, and and that's similar to this scene as well. Yeah, and 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 as well, it works on a thematic level because you've got someone who is literally. He says, like, oh, you're my idol, Yinko. Mm. Um, I wanted to be just like you. You're my hero. So it, it's someone who's literally trying to pull him back into being mm. that person again. So he's not only fighting against the villain, he's fighting against him, his former self. Yeah. Um, and again, maybe they could have made more of that. Because um, it's quite a short film. I think it's less than two hours. Yeah, it did. Fit, I was kind of like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Kind of a little bit. I, I think like, it's maybe an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 50 I felt, minutes. I felt but... like there was, like, more set pieces like I, I really remembered all the kind of big set pieces yeah. the big like the big set like, like we said it was on like a sound stage and all that sort of stuff but I do you know I do like all the kind of physical but like nowadays it would all be CG backgrounds yeah, wouldn't yeah. you um, but I did like all the physical kind of backgrounds and stuff and I think as a kid because I, again I haven't seen it for quite a while 
but I do, I do, you know, I remember the more kind of, <laughs> I remember mostly the most violent bits as a kid, you know, yeah. like, um, there's a bit where Khan is uh, observing his new kingdom from the Empire State Building, and uh, someone's like, uh, nice dress, Mary, or something like <laughs> yeah. that, a kind of like cocky sailor walks by, and then he just like looks at the sailor, and he gets these, they've got these wonderful like big contacts that, that like the shadow has, like we were talking earlier about the shadow having the big black ones, Yeah. Khan has these kind of dark red ones. Yeah, yeah, okay. reddish kind of brown ones, yeah, yeah. Like, massive. And he basically just looks at him and goes, I can't even, I don't even remember what he says, but he, he basically gets the guy to climb up and yeah. jump off the Empire State Building. I so don't one think of the more, he says anything in that no. one. I think he just looks at him and he does it. He's and he's, like, he's talking to his mate. He's like, I've no idea what I'm doing. Help me, help me. And he jumps off and it's probably one of the more violent deaths I've seen. <laughs> he hits the side of the fucking building. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't like you. Don't just see him just like disappear through like the skyline. He hits like the bit, like the bit that's jutting out towards the bottom. Like quite, a, quite a. It's like yeah. Poof, like, I did not remember that. I'm not it, gonna it lie. It reminded me of a uh, Titanic where the guy is screaming on the way down. He's like ah, and he hits <laughs> yeah. the metal pole and it's just silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really seem to remember those as a kid. I just, I don't know. If, I think I think that's the like for me. I always, as a kid, I always liked the things that were a little bit adult that yeah. had had that element of you know they, they either had swearing in or you know like Goonies Goonies isn't like you know particularly it's a kids movie yeah yeah but it still has quite a lot of adult elements and you know yeah yeah um, you know romance sexual romance you know you know lots of other kind of dark stuff you know getting locked in a dungeon with a you know severely mentally disabled <laughs> giant um you know this you know that could be quite scary because he thinks he's a monster doesn't he so yeah, at yeah. the time so he could have been anything I and mean, they're gonna kill him and cut his mouth off and lips off i think they say it's been a very long time since i've seen it yeah. that's dick donald wasn't it it was dick yeah. donald yeah and spielberg produced and um, yeah so I, I love i think the goonies i, I talked to a lot of people about the goonies because i think I asked them, when did you see it? What age did you see the Goonies? Like, yeah. I was in my late twenties, or like you're too old. Yeah, you're far yeah. too old. No wonder you hated it. Um, but yeah, I, I've always, I was always interested in the kind of more, more adult stuff. I think I was yeah. fairly mature uh, for for a child. Um, you know, I had a big beard and everything. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen those baby pictures. Yeah, <laughs> they were quite scared. It's basically my face looked like Alec Baldwin's chest. Yeah, uh, but just not as ripped. You've never <laughs> seen a two year old with so much body hair. I tell you. <laughs> called me the wolf baby <laughs> uh, but yeah um where were we what were we talking about um dark, dark, like dark, dark thing. i mean my, dark my, when i was a kid dark crystal was my favorite film and it, it still is to a to a certain they're extent. bringing the netflix show out aren't yeah they? i can't wait but that that's like i remember like i bought it on 4k quite recently mm. and it was amazing mm. but um I, I showed that i was like this is such an important part of my childhood i'd really appreciate you watching mm. this with me and she got about 10 minutes in she saw the skexies and she was like fuck that <laughs> yeah. no uh-uh, i i no. actually i actually watched it with josh i, I quite enjoyed it it's I liked beautiful the, yeah it's I, I i liked the obviously the puppets and the animatronics and everything um, yeah, it was fun. I, I think I probably prefer Labyrinth if I, if, if I had to yeah, kind of yeah. compare two films. But when you, when you're six years old, that film. Oh my is god, that's the thing. That is the shit. That is <laughs> yeah. the shit. Yeah, I could I could imagine that. But yeah. Um, so what can we talk about? Where were we? Um, Might be an idea if we talked a bit about the shadow. <laughs> maybe yeah. I know right. Um, <laughs> I uh, so I it was a radio show. Yes. And Orson Welles played the shadow. So obviously Orson Welles is a big 
big name actor, famous, one of the, you know, Citizen Kane, you know, you yeah. name it, Third Man, um, Transformers the movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he was at Unicron um, in the the planet-eating Unicron. That that P advert where he had his big tantrum, do you remember that? <laughs> I don't think I saw that. He, there was a, a transcript of, uh, he was recording an advert for peas, and uh, and he has he has a full-on tantrum about like how 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 unrealistic the dialogue is. <laughs> that sounds like awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he, like I I think that Alec Baldwin would have seen, hit like him stepping into the shoes of Orson Welles. I feel like that was like a challenge for him. It was something yeah. Because like, he probably admired the man as the, the actor. I mean, he there's is. there's a bit of Orson Welles in his dialogue in, oh, when God, he's the yeah. shadow. Yeah. That. I mean, he's got quite a kind of a bit of a sort of husky, raspy voice anyway. Yeah. But he leans right into it when he's the shadow. Actually, why don't we talk about some of the other characters? So we had we have Ian McKellen, who yes. is one of my favourite actors. Like, and unfortunately, almost the entirety of this film, he is hypnotised. He's not in it very much. No, no. and he's. Um, I think he's. It's a part that's got a lot of heart and a lot mm. of. Um, he's 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 kind of like he's the kindly sort of uncle, avuncular. Yeah. Scientist, scientist kind of like, ooh, archetype. I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested in my work. I'll be honest. The one thing I didn't really uh, believe was him that he, that he didn't know the difference between red and green. Yeah, well, he's meant to be colorblind, isn't he? Oh, is he colorblind? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Now I get it. I thought he was just like so, like. Duh. I think when when people are colorblind, they're they're the yeah. two colors that they're, get yeah, because they're quite aren't they? relatively yeah. similar. No, I didn't realize he was colorblind. I thought he was just so. Like in, in invested in his work, he never knew the difference between red like, and green. Like Sherlock Holmes, yeah. like he he has a set amount of like space in his yeah. brain, and he can't yeah. accommodate. That, almost almost like an like maybe on an autistic level or something. I don't know. That could have yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it certainly that's a perfectly valid reading. I, think, I just thought yeah, colorblind. Yeah, no, I, I I probably should have read it as colorblind, but I was just like, it just comes across as you know, I don't know. But, oh, sorry, 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 listeners. One of my action figures. Yes, ladies, action figures has fallen off the shelf. <laughs> I reckon the shadow knocks it down. Fuck Did it? Yeah. The shadow of the shadow. <laughs> he's list- Well, the shadow knows, so he'll know the that, shadow that does know. he knows that's fallen over. And he's not come and picked it up. The he knows how unhappy he'll be about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's pretty, uh, they're pretty flexible. It's not like a statue or something. They'll, they'll bend. They'll, it's all good. It's all, all good. good. Well, I'll pick it up later. Um, anyway, so enough about shadowy ghosts. We've uh, also got um, Tim Curry. Yes. Tim Tim Pennywise Frankenfurter Curry. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's an interesting one in this. He's all over the place. In yeah. This. yeah. Every scene, he's a little bit like. First of all, he's kind of a bit like he's he's, anno- he's the annoying kind of not lab assistant. He's another scientist. Yeah. That, that works nearby or in the same building as Ian McKellen's character. And he's very sort of lascivious towards Margot, isn't he? Yeah. Penelope Ann Miller's character. Because he keeps saying, "There's a great line where he's, he's like, when are you going to come see my beryllium sphere?'" And she's <laughs> like, "I frankly don't want to have anything to do with your beryllium spheres. Thank you very much." <laughs> Uh, which I think is a great line. I love when he says, you don't return my calls anymore. He says, well, that's not true. I never did return your calls. Yeah. Why it's- is that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then the kind of the next scene we see him in, he's going, he's just full on, full on kind of maniacal. Yeah. L- like, who's got a better maniacal laugh in this film? Alec Baldwin. Or Tim Curry. It's a, it's a it's a tif- it's a difficult choice, and th- like on the subject of the laugh, that's one thing that I think got me as a kid. I love the fact that you had this character who was invisible, but he was like laughing, and you got this like this blood curdling laugh reverberating around your space, and like he could be whispering in your ear, and you can't shoot him. And I'm like, 
that's badass as fuck. Like, mm. why doesn't Batman laugh from the shadows? Yeah. That would make people shit themselves. Yeah. And I really like that. And it's, it's one of my favourite things about the mythology, actually. I, I really... I think the laugh is very important. It's mm. very telling. Because, I mean... For for like the the mystery of the shadow is for me he he seems to like the the criminals are the uh, well as you know they're a suspicious and uh, superstitious and cowardly lot, yeah. lot so <laughs> so the fact that he kind of promotes himself as a kind of ghostly figure mm. a spectral figure like he could be anywhere you can't see him you don't you know luckily he's in all these very echoey places yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every set piece is in a very echoey place so. he doesn't fight crime in places with bad acoustics. <laughs> And I don't do podcasts in places <laughs> with bad acoustics. Um, but yeah, I, I, no, I think the maniacal laugh is... Because there's got to be something to terrify a criminal. Mm-hmm. You've got to terrify them in some way. And like, and Batman does it in his own in his own way, in his own unique style. Mm. Um, and again, the, again, the, he's promoting that fear and he's kind of selling that and, and creating this supernatural creature. He's very human. He's very yeah. human. Like, he has, he's very strong and, you know, he has gadgets and all that, but... But the shadow is closer to what Batman is pretending to be. So yeah. it's almost like Batman's pretending to be the shadow. Yes. But the shadow is pretending to be a ghost. But he's yeah. closer to that because of the powers. Um, which the, I, theatricality and deception are powerful agents. Certainly are. And um, and I, I was thinking about Khan. I think I said it to you before we recorded that if they were ever going to do a proper live action Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I would want to see something like this. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's not it's not offensive, it's not a caricature. No. You know, it's done very well, very, you know, honestly. Um I think I think probably the the way they could argue this is that it's obviously set in the thirties, so there's you know but Before racism was before bad. racism <laughs> yeah, before racism even existed. Um yeah, the origins of racism. Uh, no, let's not get too political, please. Let's just talk about the film. Um but yeah, I think I think I think that I think it was I think it was a great great portrayal. By yeah. by the actor, I want to say his name was John Tone. John Lone. John Lone. Sorry, he was in quite a lot of things, but yeah. faster, not Fast and Furious, Rush Hour. That's 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 the thing that it stands out for me. Oh, what's it? Oh, is he playing Rush Hour? I don't remember. Yeah. But I, I like looking at his IMDb yeah. page. That was one thing that sort of stood out. Fair enough. But I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was really his mm. delivery, his his acting. Um, you know, I, I, it was phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, and like we were saying, the special effects as well were yeah. incredible. Like, it was a good mix of different types of special effects. And I've got to, I, I was expecting, because um, quite often when I revisit a film from the 90s that I love, mm. I think, well, the effects well, don't hold up quite as yeah. well as I remember, but I was astonished by how well the effects in this film hold up. They really do look yeah. great. I mean, even the CGI, the, I think the dagger is CGI. I'm pretty sure that dagger with the face, yeah, the kind got, of Buddha face. There's, um, there's in the in the film, the Tulku has a sort of sentient dagger called the Purba. And I'm glad is, you know what, knew what it was called, because yeah, I have no it's, idea. It's, um, it's CGI, but when you compare it to other CGI of that era, it's really, it, it's well composited. Yeah. It looks good within the shot. Um, the textures, like you said, were really, yeah. like, really well done. Yeah. It's like it was actually bronze, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought that, like, it can't be CG. It's too, it looks too good. Could that be stop motion? But it's too seamless to be stop no, motion. No, it's, it? it's, it's definitely not stop motion. I don't think there's any stop motion that I can think of. I, even the, even the, the shadows seemed like they're animated. Yeah, like they're, yeah. like they're hand drawn, yeah. just because the, the smoothness of them and the, the way they move. But yeah, it's. It, 
again, I, I, you know, you don't need to defend this film to me because no. <laughs> because this is great. Like, I need I, to defend it to the people of 1994. Yeah, just go back. They are. <laughs> I think you need to go back in time. Get Do. get get some. You know, get your flux capacitor capacitor fluxing and go back and say you're wrong. Yeah, world, you are wrong. And I, I think anybody, I think people will go back now um, and retroactively watch this and go, what was the problem with this? Like, yeah. why? It's just, and and such, it's it's so much the like it's the ti- It's all about timing. I think a lot of films, and, yeah, and the reason why things aren't remembered. I watched uh, recently. I watched uh, William Friedkin's Sorcerer, which is an incredible, credible film, but it came out the same time as Star Wars. Yeah, and just flopped and it's an amazing film it's very gripping very different to star wars obviously mm-hmm. but unfortunately like he he directed the french connection he directed exorcist so this was like high on the list of everyone's like yeah, yeah. must watch but star wars just phew, mowed it down i think yeah I, there is a, an argument for just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and i mm. think I, I think as well just in terms of where the the tastes are in terms of what else is on at the cinema at the time yeah. i think i think they're Every now and then you just get a film that falls through the cracks. And I think this is... I mean, I don't know what sort of budget to return was going on there, but mm. I, I, I don't think it made an awful lot of money. Um, but I, from what I've... like, Everyone I've spoken to about it remembers mm. it fondly. The people, the, the people who did see it mm. seem to have liked it, but it just seems like general audiences maybe weren't there for it quite as yeah. much as they should be. I don't know. I'm just going to look at my notes, see if there's any other things that I yeah, really, sure. really kind of want to discuss. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> um, not really. I think we, we've we kind of covered the majority of it. Um, can, I, can I very quickly talk about what my choice was going to be? Oh, okay. Just very, very quickly. Oh, okay. Because well, I, I want to so, so talk about it. All right. Yeah, sure. We've got we've got a lot of time. Let's let's fill it. Let's I, fill it. I want to talk about Justice League very quick. Ooh. Because okay. I really, like... <sighs> it's really hard being a fan of Justice League because Marvel fans don't like it because they say it's Marvel light. Mm-hmm. DC fans don't like it because, I mean, fuck me... DC fandom on Twitter. Oh god. They they I mean they call it Justice League. Ugh. They they they're very very vociferous in their hatred of it. Um but for all the fact that there's a lot of awesome stuff that clearly ended up on the cutting room floor mm. and it it feels like a compromised film, but I can't take away from the fact that watching it mm. I just had the best time and I was mm. so happy to see these characters together for the first and you know in light of recent years probably the last oh, time. time. Um and it just really saddens me. I mean, there's never say never. I mean, like, I'm still reeling from the fact that Ben Affleck is officially out as yeah, Batman. Yeah, We've yeah. suspected it for a long time, but uh, there, there's always a possibility that he could come back and Definitely. that Henry Cavill could come back. Um, and I think it would be extraordinarily remiss of Warner Brothers if they, if they, so, I mean, by all means, go out in different directions. I'm really liking what I'm seeing of Birds and Prey. To, uh, yeah. Birds of Prey and whatnot. Birds of Prey. Uh, Fuck yes, make Batgirl, make Supergirl, you know, define your USP as different to the Marvel brand definitely, by definitely. all means, but don't 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 burn down the house you've half built, mm. you know? Yeah. Um and, and 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 I think the success of Aquaman is encouraging, but I think, you know, for all the fact all the things that are frustrating about Justice League, which I totally get, mm. and I totally get, you know, um, but for me, like the C- the dodgy CGI stash in that first scene doesn't detract from the fact that it's a really sweet scene that that 
gives me a good taste of what Superman was about. Yeah. You know, the fact that um, we didn't see enough of uh, the Flash or his origin story or the Arius West scene uh, doesn't detract from the fact that, like, this is a Flash that's got loads and loads of potential for the big screen. Um, I think it's just... I'm just upset that it didn't do better because yeah. I think there is a lot of things that the film did right for mm-hmm. all the things it did wrong. And um, I think in a world where the Avengers never came out, I think that film does do better. Oh, yeah, definitely. But in a film where the Avengers did come out, I can totally understand why it didn't. Yeah. Um, but that is a film I will defend, not just in secret, but in public. Yeah, do um, it. With weaponry, if needs be, with my bare <laughs> hands, if not. Uh, but no, it's something I've, I vociferously love, but I think the reason I chose The Shadow is because I thought you might want something that's got a bit more of a sort of cult, cult edge. Yeah, edge. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I think, and I think Justice League might become almost kind of cult in a, in a way. I think I think even the Suicide Squad is slowly becoming yeah. a bit cult. Like, I know a lot of people talk about wanting to see the Zack Snyder cut. Yes. I want to see the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. Well, yeah, there that, was, again, a lot of yeah. interesting stuff seems to have wound up on the yeah, wasn't, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Someone on YouTube cut a trailer, and then the final cut was by them. Yes. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to think that just one. You know, I could have edited a video on YouTube, yeah. and then I could just be like, "Yeah, I'll just edit a whole, you know, Justice League multi-million dollar picture." I don't know if it was someone on YouTube or an actual like production proper, house. That yeah, makes proper. Yeah, someone who does things. But yeah, it, I know I, that's why I heard that. Like whoever cut the trailer was given the the actual film because yeah. I mean if you but if you look at I remember quite vividly when the first Suicide Squad trailer came mm. out it was much more dark and much more oh, yeah. morose and somber um, and then, then Batman v Superman came out and that happened yeah and then you and then see the next, the next trailer, trailer yeah. and that was that was like it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three you yeah know? <laughs> it was an absolute absolute turnaround but I I mean when I went to see Justice League I really enjoyed it I came yeah. out going that was good. You know, it wasn't amazing. Like I wasn't, I wasn't bl- absolutely blown away. But I did enjoy seeing those characters. Mm. And again, again, like I, I'm quite soft on kind of harsh criticism when it comes to comic book movies. Yeah. Like Suicide Squad, I came out and go, I enjoyed that. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. acknowledge that I'm an incredibly easy lay when it comes to comic. Oh movies. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, and they're like, they're like, oh god, another Spider-Man film. I'm like, yeah, but you've got to really yeah. fuck it up for me tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to really like, like spirit level fuck yeah. it up. You know, this. There's, there's comic book films I do not like. You know, I know you're a you're quite a big fan of Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love I love Daredevil. I love the director's cut of Daredevil. You director's know? cut is an, is it's a good film. It's a good fi- is a good film. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ghost Rider. I hate. You know, there's there's like there's so many that I'm just like, yeah. But there's a lot of them I forgive. Like the Tim the Tim story of Fantastic Fours. I forgive a lot on in that. There's a lot to like about those. But films. there are yeah, there's yeah. a lot. To, there's some great performances and there's a lot. So I'm I'm quite forgiving and a lot of my friends are like you know they'll ask me about a superhero film. They're like mm, if you say it's good, I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna take that down by fifty yeah. percent. So I'm like all right, all right. Um, but but for the most when I when I say it, it's good and they come out and they go. Actually, that was great. Like Thor Ragnarok, I went. I saw it last week. Let's go see it again. Uh, He's like, you want to see it again? I was like, I want to see it again. Uh, and they were like, right. And they went, actually, yeah, that was great. And I was like, yes, some now, of them are amazing. Thor, Thor Ragnarok, I I remember vividly. We did an episode of Ner- on Nerdify. Yeah, we did. And I, yeah. I wasn't at all as convinced by it as you guys you were. Go, but yeah. going back into it, like I I kind of once I get okay, this is what it is. Mm. 
not uh, stop trying to think, stop trying to watch what the film wasn't and watch exactly, what the film yeah. was. I think know? I think you you've discussed it a few times, and I do believe that you go in you do go in with preconceptions. Yeah. The film you want to see. I think Last Jedi was eight like so typical of that. Everyone had created their they do done all their fan theories. Yes. You know they've done all this. They're like it's this. It's that. It's this. And and we go into the film. Like I I loved Last Jedi. Yeah, and good. I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought I thought it was one of the first films I'd seen in years when it felt like a cinematic event. Mm. It wasn't just a film. It wasn't just and even the even Infinity War didn't feel like a necessarily a cinematic event to me. But Last Jedi did. Mm. And and the second the second Luke throws that lightsaber away, I went. This is going to be something. We're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be something I've never seen before. It's going to be absolutely unique. And I love that they're just chucking shit out. They're just throwing stuff away they don't need. Um, You know, I don't care about. I don't. I know some fans will be like, oh, continuity, this, Knights of Ren, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that I was not expecting that reaction, the the reaction I got was the exact opposite of what I could ever conceive of and thought about, you know, for two years worth of waiting. Uh, or three years, however long it's been since the first the, uh, the Force Awakens, I was like, I'm in for this. I'm yes. so in for this because I'm. I have this is totally going to be a totally unpredictable film in so many ways, and I was well up for it. And I love that film. I think do you know what? a big part of why you and I like these films more than most. Mm. I think as uh, like part of it is our age. Yeah. Because we've grown up in an era where this stuff didn't come along two or three times a year. We no. got one every three or four years if we were lucky. Yeah, we were lucky to get a shadow. We were and, lucky to get yeah, the shadow. And I, and I think that maybe, I hate to use the word entitled, but I think a lot of these kids today, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think they just haven't, they haven't grown up with that. I think they've, they've grown up with such an abundance of that stuff. And like kids growing up at the time or like coming into adulthood at the mm. time when the Nolan trilogy was coming out and stuff like that, they've, they've had a proliferation of it and a lot of it's been good. Um, and I think maybe that has made them less tolerant of ambitious. We've been, we've been spoiled. Yeah. We've I, been, we have been totally, totally spoiled. And, and I do think maybe there is a time, like a lot of people are like, Oh, it's gonna the comic book movie's gonna collapse. It's gonna you know it's gonna go into a, a dive. People it's aren't not. gonna go see it at the moment. There's no way that's happening. There's there's too much variety, and I think yeah. what 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 I think we should even if you are a hardcore DC guy like I am, I think one thing you have to be very grateful to the MCU for is showing. You can tell all kinds of stories with comic comic book properties. You don't. Everything doesn't have to fit the superhero mold. No. You know, you can you can have something like a Doctor Strange, which shares quite a lot of connective tissue with the Shadow. Yeah. Like the, there was a sequence where um, Khan's looking at something, and it's kind of it. It looks like it becomes a kind of glyph, like yeah. in, in Doctor Strange. And and that, like, does that trippy sort of effect? Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and and you know, there's there's a bold there's a bold master in yeah, this. Yeah. You know, who teaches. The, the lead character how to do what he does oh shit yeah, that, yeah. it does have an ancient one yeah, yeah it does yeah. it basically has an ancient one um, but yeah and uh, yeah I, I, I do I do you know it's a shame that people are so down on the DC movies like at the moment all I'm reading is DC comics mm. comics wise it's all I'm reading uh, it's all I'm downloading because basically in the, in the early 90s and the early noughties, well, 90s and the like early noughties, there was loads of DC books that were like, you must read this, you must read this, you must read this. But there wasn't any collections, and I'm mm. very much a graphic novel, you know, trade paperback kind of guy. Yes. And I will buy single issues, don't get me wrong, but it's very rare that I'll, I'll do it if I absolutely have to. Yeah. I'd rather have a collection, even if I have to pay top dollar for yeah, it. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, and there were so many, and now they're releasing all those. And DC comics are great. Like, I'm a big Marvel fan. I love Spider-Man. 
you know, hence the title of the podcast, you know, and Spider-Man's over there as a figure form, you know. He's there's a, a lot of he's great over Marvel here. stuff in there's the a lot. Of, this is like the, the cave of, the spider cave, if you will, the, the podcaster, Spider Dan HQ, Secret Balls HQ. But, you know, I love DC as well, equally. Like, yeah. there's not, it's not bad. It's There's there's always, like, this perceived war. And, yeah. And I, I've never really got behind that. Like, I don't think that benefits anyone, this no. this sort of polarity that... And, and as you see it, I mean, as much as I love being a DC fan, you see it a lot in the DC fan community. Oh, definitely. Um, I, 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 that, I, I remember t- I tweeted something saying, um, the MCU is the Beatles, the DCU is the Rolling Stones. I thought you were going to say the Monkeys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a, a pretty good analogy that yeah. just came no, to no, me. No, no, I think, and, I think and, right. Yeah. And uh, somebody replied, and it, I'm, I'm not knocking them because it's someone I respect, but no, they said like, uh, the MCU is McDonald's, the the DCU isn't, and I think that's just needlessly dismissive. No, that's not fair. Um, that's not fair. Because it's, I mean, I, if you know, it's an easy criticism to level at the MCU, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think it's one that has merit because. They're not as cookie cutter as as the detractors would have yeah, you believe. Exactly. I think there's tremendous variety I mean, there's, in the there's MCU. O- there's obviously tropes, but the you know the hero's journey you know is full of those kind of tropes anyway. Mm. You know any story like there's only what they say there's only five types of story that are ever told. Yeah, and then we just repeat them. You know we live in a, a postmodern world where stories have been repeated so much, and the you know there's very little kind of variety and difference in that, but. I, you know, a superhero film is a superhero film. I do expect certain things out yeah. of a superhero film, you know, uh, like I would expect from The Shadows. Shadow delivered on all the tropes and things that I would expect in a superhero film as well. But to, to, to take it back to The Shadow, I think, yeah. um, I think I'm going to start off today and then take it back. But yeah. like, I think today Marvel and the MCU have shaped so much of our preconceptions and expectations when it comes to comic book properties on film. Yes. I think when you have something that's ambitious... Uh, but doesn't fit that mold like Batman v Superman yeah. the film, f- uh, and that for me is a film that just keeps on giving. You know, yeah. every time I watch it, I mm. notice a nuance or something there mm. that I didn't quite get before. I'm very, I'm very, very glad you showed me the director's cut. Of that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was a bit, I was a bit reticent at first, but I actually, I was like, why didn't this one go to the cinema? Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't think there would have been as many detractors. Yeah, I think executive mismanagement is the only answer I can come up with. But, yeah. uh, but it does seem that like. I mean, maybe that cut would have got a better reception, but I think that it is a with the, as with the shadow, it is that thing of well, yeah, this is this, but it's not that, and what yeah. we want right now is that. And I think I think what's great about um, cult film as a phenomenon hmm. is this idea of going back and vindicating films. Yeah. That I mean, the the best example is Blade Runner because yeah. Blade Runner. Didn't wasn't at all well received no. in its time, but now it's widely regarded as one of the greatest science fiction films of all time. There's like it, it almost goes the exact opposite. It becomes you know it's despised cult, and mm. then it becomes so well loved that it doesn't become cult anymore. Like I think I think you know Blade Runner and Rocky Horror are not necessarily cult anymore because no. they are so well liked by the mainstream audience that yeah. they're not even really that they've cult. come full circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 strange. Like, I watched a film uh, the other night, Night of the Creeps. Uh, which is kind of this um, love letter to like B fifties B movies. Yeah, uh, had it had the recently passed Dick Miller in it as well, and and it's amazing, a lot of fun. Mm. But again, you know, was not seen, was despised, was was hated. But like uh, our friends, I think Super Nerds UK helped with the 
the recent Blu-ray release, I think, oh, in the UK. Uh, really good guys. You should listen to their podcast if you're not already listening. Um, fantastic guys. Love them. And all, they do so many conventions and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. They're um, very busy. Yeah. yeah, very busy guys. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's strange how things do. Like I think nowadays we are... Like you, I think like you were saying, like we we like nostalgia. Yes. We want nostalgia. We we enjoy nostalgia. Like you were talking about, you know, the scary present as opposed to, you know, the 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 kind of golden past we kind of yeah, keep I think looking familiarity at. Familiarity is the word for yeah. me. We, we we want familiarity and especially when it costs you the better part of a tenner to go to the cinema. Yeah. Um you want to know what you're getting for your money. You want familiarity, you want comfort food. You know, yes. that's why that's why we like, if you're going to draw a McDonald's analogy, you go to McDonald's because you want comfort food. You know, you get a big Domino's pizza because you want Ugh. comfort food. It's not because you want nourishment Stop or nutrition. Stop it, I might have to go get a pizza now. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to be challenged by no. Domino's, you no. know. And and I think that's maybe if if that's one thing that we, we crave at the expense of all else. But sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody will make a really good broccoli dish, like Batman oh. v Superman. Yeah. And, or, <laughs> or, or, or Mad a, Mar- a Marmite dish. Or, um, yeah. you know, like... There's room for films that uh, break the mould. Challenge think, your expectations. Yeah, and as well, like one last thing I want to... I realise I'm, I'm going on a bit of a tangent. No, do it. I love, it. I love this. I want to say is, like, I've noticed a lot of film criticism today revolves around plot. It revolves around Story. what happens, what people do, what people say. Right. And I think that's a... That's a disingenuous way to look at film because yeah. there's so much else. There's production design. There's there's the the art of visual effects. You know, one of my least favorite criticisms is, oh, that CGI is a bit ropey because I think if you know someone who works in digital animation, you know how hard they work. And you know how difficult it is. Yeah. And you know how and and compositing. Fuck me, compositing is a hard like getting. Something. And some sometimes studios will rush will rush production. Yeah, will rush yeah. people. So. I mean, that's that's the reason why to go back to Justice League, mm. the, the 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 infamous top lip it's yes. it looks in some scenes I'm sorry you cannot tell it's there yeah. but in others it's painfully obvious and it's just a case it's not that they did a shit job it's just they were pushed for time exactly. and limited um, resources I actually says, shared something with Violet the other day and it was like uh, when, an art, when an artist uh, is given like uh, when when they're paid and when they're not paid, it was like a bird, and the and the bird was like really detailed, like blue tit, and the next photo was just a wavy line, yeah. <laughs> like a little wavy line. And I thought I was spot on because like artists are like they go, oh yeah, I need I need two hundred exposures to pay my rent this this week, <laughs> you know things like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a shame. And there's so many great films like modern films that maybe in you know one day will become. I think Suicide Squad could probably become a cult film. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed it for the for the performances and the characters. There's a lot of good stuff there. And, but, and but yeah. yeah, like with The Shadow, mm. so much of it, like we said, was ahead of its time. Like some Head. fantastic visual effects, some fantastic production design. Um, and again, it just, like narratively, it's not the strongest film. No. It's got a very, very nuts and bolts narrative. Mm. But for me, I don't come, I don't come to a period piece film noir pulp movie yeah. for narrative i come i come to be transported into another world and i think exactly. i think in that respect it does its job phenomenally yeah. well uh the set pieces are amazing i, I like mm. i said as a child i remember all the set pieces because they're fantastical and they're they're amazing they're well done and they're they're unique and they're stylized and it, even the poster is such a stylized poster yeah, the yeah, green eyes yeah. um gorgeous uh, and the the shadow is such a you know despite being a radio mostly radio character he's very a very recognizable 
present. Yeah. Um, I know they've done recently done some comics where Batman has teamed up with the Shadow, which I'm yeah. very much looking forward to reading. I might even buy some after this podcast. Do you know what? I've got a bunch of Shadow comics on my iPad, yeah. and I think it's Howard Chaikin did Ooh. a run uh, in the 90s, yeah. and I've got those, and there's some recent ones. There's Matt Wagner did some, I've got those. And I'm just, yeah, I'm gonna like I'm now motivated to I'm, dive I'm deep excited. in, in like, there. Like, thank you very much for like bringing this film back to my attention. It's really my pleasure. It's yeah. so much fun. I was I really enjoyed watching it with you. I'm you know, so glad. And I'm I'm glad you, sh- you share. We were able to share this together, and it you know it, ma- it makes my it makes my heart glad to kind of feel a little bit of that old nerdify kind of yeah, love and stuff. It's so nice. Yeah, it's a nice. But feeling. guys, if you haven't seen The Shadow, please do yourselves please a favor go. and watch it. I think you can probably get it for about a fiver on iTunes. YouTube, I think, do it. Maybe Amazon, maybe. Yeah, or, or, or if you're if you're a physical guy like me, I got it on Blu-ray from Amazon for just a bit over a tenner. It's 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 a film experience that will reward you if you if you give it the yeah. opportunity and go yeah. into it with an open mind. Exactly. I want to do one last thing yes. before you go. Now, last time I had a shall sequ- I get the Vaseline? <laughs> You'd be lucky. <laughs> um, so so in the in the last in the last uh, podcast I did with Secret Defenders with Angry Andy Knowles. Uh, I introduced a cult film test, which is kind of seventy-one questions to say whether this is a cult film. It's kind of a seventy-one. We'll try and blitz through them as okay, quick as okay. we can. Are you ready? Okay, let's Are you go. ready? Here we go. I'm so, let's here go. we go. Here we go. So we have got twenty minutes. We can do it in twenty minutes. Fine. So, does it feature excessive violence? No. No, I wouldn't say no. so. No. I mean, there's a bit where for the... a character <laughs> whose signature weapon is two pistols, there's. <laughs> Extraordinarily little shooting, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of swords and and there's even the crossbow of uh, the, the two guards get crossbowed. Yes, and, and there is literally no blood. It's <laughs> mostly people falling off buildings. Yeah, quite violently. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Does it feature buckets of blood? No, 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 no. barely any. There's there's little dribbles here and there. But... Yeah, I think it's just like out of his mouth, or you know, yeah. he's got a bullet wound, but very kind of tame, like not like gushing or anything. But, but you know, it has almost no blood. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I would very much regard that as a cult film. Yeah, even the even the chainsaw sequence, you don't really see it. Barely very, very, I mean, I think Psycho has more blood. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next one. Does it feature over the top acting? Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd say yeah. There's a, there's, a camp, there's a slightly campy element, but it, yeah. but it's not it's, it's not, not a, naturalistic. No, definitely. no, definitely not, and it doesn't dis, It's not a disservice to the darkness or you know that tone mm. either. It kind of works. It works all together. Uh, so, does it feature a ludicrous premise? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. 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 I'd say yes. I say yes. So, so let's go. I, I, do you mind if you count these up? Count the 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 amount. So we've got the amount of wins. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we've got wins. Two, so, two, so, so two so far. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to I forgot to mention. I've that. only got ten fingers though. You realise? Try- <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it as well. Fingers. I'll do it as well. I mean, I'll, I'll try and do. Tons. We'll try. We'll on, try. On. Uh, so, an experienced elder actor. Does it feature an elder experienced actor? Yes, Jamie yeah. McCullen. There we go. Fantastic. Uh, does it feature quotable dialogue? Oh, big time! Yeah, he's got you know he's got his catchphrases, hasn't he? So. The shadow knows. The shadow knows. Does it feature a martial arts display? Yeah. I'd say, I don't know, I get the the sword swinging. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. I'd say that's kind of there. We'll go with that. Does it feature gunplay? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, More than it... none. <laughs> there's two. He's got two guns. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, there's a lot of Tommy gun action. Yes. If you like Tommy guns, this is the film. Uh, does it feature a professional sport? Not that I'm aware of. No, no I don't no. think so. Does it feature body swapping? Uh, no, there's, there's, that kind one, of, there's that dream sequence, but kind of possession as well. Like, yeah, 
No, not like I mean active body swap, like proper body swap. Right. Like no. Freaky no, Friday no, body swap. Okay. Fair enough. Then. Okay. So does it feature smart characters making stupid decisions? A la Prometheus. Um. I mean, there's a, there's a smart character who is brainwashed by hypnotism. So. Mm-hmm. But he's not, yeah, he's not making the decisions actively, though, is he? Uh, I, I'm sure if I had longer to think about it, I'd yeah, be able maybe. to identify we'll one. We'll find but, something. But... Uh, does it feature anything non-threatening made threatening? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Does it feature machismo? Yeah. 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 Very sort of genteel 30s machismo. Oh, yeah. But machismo. But he does so. that thing where he's got a really high waistband, the pecs are sticking out the top. <laughs> yeah, that is the, he's that's, got that. that's pretty fucking. That's that, the, that chest hair, come on. But yeah, that that's is machismo. I mean, that's, yeah, that's definitely a tick for machismo. How, how many are we on so far? Seven. Seven. Does it feature dance choreography? Um, no. No. Does it feature a metric ton of drugs? No. Well, um, there is. Well, yes. They're, they're implied opening scene. drugs. Opening scene. You don't see them, but they're there. They're in opium fields. Yeah, you could yeah argue. I'm having that. Yeah, let's have that. Uh, does it feature pseudoscience? Oh, fuck, big time, yeah. yeah, yeah. Atomic bombs. Brilliant spheres, yeah. come on. <laughs> does it feature a post apocalyptic world? Not yet. Does it feature. <laughs> give it time. Does it feature sexual fetishes? Kind of. Yeah. Which one? Which one? Which one? Are we? Sexy lady fetish. Sexy. <laughs> if you're attracted to sexual ladies, that's your fetish. Uh, a diverse cast. Does it feature yeah. a diverse cast? It is quite diverse. Very actually. diverse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does it feature a heist? Um. No. Does it feature a montage? No, but it should. It should have. It really it, should have. Had that, a montage. Op- that opening scene where he's like, "I'm training," should have been a montage. We need a montage. What the yep. fucking montage? Does it feature Cold War politics? No, pre Cold War. Does it feature a grizzled carp? Kind of. His uncle's a grizzled carp. Well, he's just fat and indifferent. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll let you decide on that one. Okay. Does it feature a conspiracy? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. He wants to destroy the world, create a new empire. Yeah, he does it through agents. Yeah, yeah. 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 The the Shadow has probably created a conspiracy all by himself. We'll have it. With his agents. Uh, Does it feature a resurrection? Um, kind of. You could say that Yinko dies and he's resurrected as Lamont Cranston. Ooh, you're, you're, you're playing around with these questions, aren't you? Does I'm it, having that. Yeah, fair enough. Does it feature an unconventional love story? Um, I would argue that it's unconventional, yeah. They're, yeah. they're psychic people who fall in love. Yeah, fair enough. How, how are we doing on numbers? Uh, 14. 14, cool. Uh, does it feature sports cars? Uh, no. 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 Does it feature little people? Not really, No. No. Does it feature an animal in a starring role? No. Does it feature a strong female lead? Yes. Yeah, cool. Uh, does it feature noir-like narration? Ah, uh, no. No, it should have had. Should have had. had. Uh, does it feature Japanese weaponry? Yes. Well, no. Tibetan, Mongolian. Yeah. 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 Uh, does it feature creepy children? No. No creepy kids, no. You'd expect that to be, wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I mean, is that guy at the start kind of the child, the, the talker? Oh, yeah, okay. Do you argue yeah. he's a creepy child? Because he's got like a very like menacing voice, hasn't he? Yes. Yeah? I'll have that. Go on then. Uh, does it feature bullies? No. Does it feature Nazi themed anything? No, it's pre Nazi. Pre Nazi. Uh, does it feature a trending fad at the time? Difficult to, to yeah because it's a period, period piece, piece yeah, yeah. No. Um, no no does it feature LGBT content? Uh, if it does, then it's very very implicit. Mm. Um, Ian McKellen's in it. 
Can we have that? Yeah, go on, go on. I'll let you have that. Uh, does it feature body horror? Yes, the face. Yeah, I'd the argue, face. yeah, I'd say the face is body horror. Yeah, definitely. Uh, does it feature an idiot character? Oh, fuck yeah. Tim Curry's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Curry's the idiot character. Does it feature punk, rock, or rap music? No. Does it feature a celebrity cameo? Not really, no. Does it feature supernatural powers? Yes, big time. Yeah, huge, huge yes. Does it feature time travel? No. Does it feature space travel? No. Does it feature an exorcism? No. Does it feature... So many missed opportunities. I know. <laughs> well, this is like the last the last film we looked at, Bad Lieutenant, was very... It was a very much cult film, but again, it didn't get scored very well. Okay. Um, does it feature a child protagonist? No. Does it feature nerds? No, pre-nerd. Pre-nerd. Does it feature the military? Wait, wait, wait. I'd, I'd argue that Serena McCallum's character is a nerd. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll allow that. Uh, does, it, does it feature the military? There are military yes. guards. Yes. They get killed. Does it feature a crazed killer? Yes. Does it feature a vigilante? Yes. Does it feature cults? Yes. His his Mongol warriors are cult. Yep. Aliens? No. Vampires? No. Zombies? No. Wizards? No. Wait. Kind of. <laughs> kind of wizards. Well, it's, it's wizardry, isn't it? It's wizard. Yeah, it's a form of wizardry. Yeah. It's supernatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on then. I mean, they're kind of like shaman kind of... Yeah, I'll, I'll have, lay off that. Mythical creatures? Mm, kind of. Mm. The Purbas, I would argue, a mythical creature. Yeah, okay, I'll give you Sentient that. Sentient weaponry. Come yeah, on. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, mutants? No. Ghosts? No. Robots? Uh, no. <laughs> Demons? No. Witches? Wait, uh, no, no, no. No, no. Kaiju? No. Monsters? Not really. Not in the not in the not literal the, sense. Not in the literal sense no. of monsters. Apes? No. Samurai? No. That would be historically inaccurate. Yeah. Ninjas? <laughs> again, same, no. Same again. Yeah. Gangsters? Yes. Yeah. Big time. Cool. Vincent Price? No, but that's now that I think that that's the thing that this film was missing. Yeah. I think Tim Curry could have been replaced easily with Vincent Price. If or, he, obviously... He could have been the Tolku. That would have been... Pretty awesome. <laughs> or he could have been the scientist. Yes. Um, again, it's like a hypnotised role. I don't know if he'd go for that. Samuel Jackson? Does it feature Samuel Jackson? No, no. Final question. Does it feature Nick Cage? No, but again, it, it should have. <laughs> okay, so out of 71 points, how much did it make? A measly 28. 28? Yeah. Mm. So the cult film test is our barometer for how cult this film is. So probably not so cult. It's however, not so cult. However, I will override the test. Um, yeah, the test isn't the boss of us. No, the test isn't the boss of us. I, I just like it as a kind of you know as kind of a scale, kind yeah. of see how crazy, how cult. Because some cult films get pretty damn crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the some of the questions I've listed could have easily been in one film. <laughs> by by that test, there's no way Blade Runner. Is a cult oh, film. That's not yeah. Blade Blade Runner wouldn't win that. Or test. Mad Max. Yeah. Or pretty much any cult film I yeah. can think of. I think this is kind of it's more kind of grindhouse. I think. <laughs> I mean, I think we just see how how well we do. I want to see general. the film that ticks all, all seventy one of those boxes. I want to make it now. I'm going to make that. <laughs> if anyone wants to try and make that film happen, please please let me know. I that... have had it with these motherfucking <laughs> creepy child ninja samurai on this motherfucking. <laughs> Sports car! 
<laughs> that was a lot of ticks and that one alone. <laughs> right, I I I think we've come to the end of our of our journey, of our road. Um, I'm surprised like I had a lot of questions planned but I think we could kind of just blitz through them anyway and answer sometimes, them all sometimes yeah the, the the flow of the conversation just, just does sort it. of yeah it does just it, works yeah. and, um, but no it, it's, it's you know it's great having you back as a as a podcast it's partner. great to be back dude I, I, I honestly I've kind of surprised myself with how much I missed it and, yeah and how how um how much it sort of like comes back to you? Yeah, so you're just a kind of, bit kind of nervous about yeah. getting back into it. I think I think like for me, it's like once I kind of mastered everything, it was just getting kind of getting back into the swing of it. And I think for me, I, I prefer the ones when someone's here because yeah, there's, yeah. there's a bit more kind of there's a bit more variety. You have conversation going, you get flow going. Um, I don't mind doing the ones on my own. I think they're great. Yeah, cool. no, they are. They you really know. are. And I, it's I think you're better at doing that than I. I think I did one or maybe two of the yeah. notified podcast on my own and. Yeah. Oh, it nearly killed me because when you have no one to bounce off, there's just so little energy and it just yeah. feels really flat. And you listen back to it and you think, oh, that feels really flat. And yeah. People said nice things about the one I did on yeah. my own, but like I just you felt like right. right. shit. I did, I, did a, I did a similar one where, where I scripted it. Mm-hmm. And it was ri- that was flat. That yeah. was that was cold and flat, and I didn't like that. And when I when I heard it back, I was like, I think I ended up accidentally deleting it anyway. But no, no, I phys- no, I physically deleted it because I was yeah. just like, this is not. So it doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel natural. Doesn't feel conversational. Even when I'm on my own, I'm still I still want to have a kind of conversational yeah, feel. Yeah, it's hard. Something something that flows beautifully when you write it just falls incredibly flat. Yeah, and you're like, and yeah. you're like, and yeah. you can't get your mouth around anything. So, uh, but yeah. Um, Thank you, thank you so much for coming. Thank um, you for having me. And I, I want to have you again. Um, I'm thinking about doing a few more different segments. So I'm thinking about doing one where we talk about directors. Uh, it's called I'm going to call it Wrong Direction. Okay. Uh, and we talk about lesser known films from big name directors. So, I'd be delighted to. Um, um, yeah, I can think of some some examples. Of, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. I think totally. you. I think you'd be great on that. I think. I think we could get like you know. We could pick a really good film, really unique film. I've got some ideas myself. Um, yeah, there's a few that. Uh, what was the other one I wanted to do? Like, I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to do backstage past as well. I did. I did a little bit one on the Superman curse. Yes. Um, which I quite enjoyed doing. Uh, I'd like to look at other kind of, um, kind of production hells on movies. So things like uh, Fitzcarraldo and. Justice League, we could yeah, yeah. or Batman. You know, we could talk about those as well. And I'm going to do another section as well, which is Spider Knights of the Round Table, which is just round table discussions uh, about subjects, uh, about comics, Spider Man. You know, uh, films, cult films. Do you know what we could do? Yeah, um, we could um, for nerdify listeners. I love you all. Thank you so much um, for keeping <laughs> you, us. We playing. are we are missed. I know as, we are as, missed as long as we did. Yeah. Um, but nerdify listeners would look would be interested to know there is actually a lost episode of notify <gasps> where we uh, we discussed our top five Britcoms and we w- when we did it uh, Dan was in he was on tour yeah. so we did it over Skype and just the, the the audio in his end just didn't record properly yeah. and I tried to go back and correct it in post but it just sounded shit yeah. um, and and we just had to jettison the episode so it'd be pretty cool if we got Josh if we could do it. yeah we could do that we could yeah. like mock that up and talk about yeah, some definitely. I can you know I can move, move myself for a little bit we can have a three, yeah. three, three seat thing yeah we could do that easy easy cool. but yeah, yeah I, thank you for me I can't wait to return to Prattle World definitely so yet again guys I'll have to say goodbye to you my little boar mongers 
Um, so where can you find me? So you can find Spider-Man The Secret Balls on Facebook. If you go into the search engine at the top and put at Secret Balls, you will be taken to the Facebook page. On Twitter, it's at Dan underscore Balls. Uh, the podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and many, many more. Use the hashtags Join the Pratalian and hashtag Prepare for Prattle. I've been Dan. He's been Dan. Good night. Good night.